Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church message of the week. Love Key Church is a local expression of a part of the body of Christ with a focus on creating a place, opportunity and atmosphere through worship music and the word where people can encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life and then help others to do the same. My name is Heinz Winkler and together with my wife Valetta and our four children, we recently launched Love Key Church right here in Somerset West. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this message. If you are in this area and you don't have a spiritual family, please feel free to join us Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at 22 Dirkie A Street. We would love to welcome you there. Enjoy the message. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe, and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring to you. Thank you so much. God bless you as you listen to this word. Just from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you for each one of you who came all the way to be here today and to be here on time. You are awesome. Um, We are really expectant and um, I know Heinz is going to share the journey of how we got here. It it came, uh, it caught many by surprise as well as us. So we just know that this was God's plan for us and it's it's going to be awesome. And thank you for for taking this leap of faith with us and, and, and being here today, for being here today. So yes, let's just give yourselves a hand quickly for being here. And then we give God a hand who brought us here <laughs> because he is ultimately the VVIP in the room today. Okay, well then, on that note, over to you, my handsome husband. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, we will be doing this mostly in English because we are we dream of having a church that is that anyone can come to. And uh, you know, unfortunately, most people understand English more than Afrikaans in this country. So, but uh, hello, Yunanda, welcome. Hello, Janine, welcome. Here are the friends. That they so are the lekker. friends. That's them that I was speaking about. Is noch baie plekkie voor? We we are so grateful and overwhelmed. We had no idea how many people will come or not come. Uh, So thank you very much. It's so great to have you here for the first service of Love Key Church. Yay. Good For us today, a new member of the greater body of Christ is born. And we are excited about that. Thanks so much for being a part of it. Um, We appreciate each and every one of you taking time to come out and to be here. Uh, What a privilege and an honor to decide, you know, to get up on a Sunday, to pack, especially if you have kids, we know what that takes, (laughs) and to purposefully go somewhere. Uh, You must really want to go. So for us, it really means so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I will get into more of the why of Love Key and how this came about that we are here today. But we are first going to worship together. And before we do that, what I do want to do is give you the elevator pitch, (laughs) so to speak, of who we are and why we are doing this. And I hope that that will set something up in your hearts and minds for the rest of this morning. Okay. So Love Key Church is a local expression of a part of the body of Christ with a focus on creating a place, an opportunity, an atmosphere where people can encounter God, align with His purposes for their lives, to reign in life and help others to do the same. We believe God has been speaking to us about starting a local church for two years now. He's given me a starting date. He gave us a starting date about less than a month ago. Uh, and in human terms, we know it's crazy, it's insane, it feels overwhelming. And when we tell people, they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> and it's that, it's that moment of, you're nuts. But I'm so happy for you. <laughs> um, I want to also just say that we have been a part of a church called Every Nation for 17 years. They're a global movement. And we are, have been a part of Every Nation Somerset West for the last six years, almost seven years. Um, we 
went to them immediately when we knew that this was coming and we had a conversation and they have blessed us and released us to do this. So we have left where we were on good terms. We did not, we didn't start this because we have issues with them. We really started this because God told us to. And it's important for us that you know that. This is not an every nation church. This is something new. We feel that God has called us to do something new, to create a new mold, a new place, a new member of the body of Christ, so to speak. And that is why we have done this. For those who are wondering, maybe, we are not officially trained and ordained in typical human terms. And I know that may be a problem for some people. Um, and I had that problem as well. I'm like, God, how can I do this? I don't have a degree in theology. And then I felt God show me a scripture in Acts where the disciples were preaching in the synagogue and the Pharisees were looking at them and the Bible says they could perceive that these people are untrained and unqualified, but that they have been with Jesus. And I just felt God say, you've been with me <laughs> for a very long time. And I'm telling you to go. The rest will come in time. So just to set your minds at ease, that is how we're doing this. We're not pretending <laughs> to be anything other than obedient children of God. We are trusting God that He will add people to this family that will become elders and help us to do what He has called us to do. I also want to tell you what we are not. We are not a place where you come to be entertained. Sorry. <laughs> this is not a show. <laughs> Even though both of us are entertainers and we love doing it, uh, the point of these mornings will be to really get to know God, to encounter Him, to have a great time in His presence. And we will do our utmost to always make Him the focus. And if you feel at any time that we're not doing that, you're more than welcome to come and tell us. This is not a place where you come to church hop and see, will I get fed here? Like many people do. We, we want you to, if you believe in what God is doing here, then we want you to buy into this by saying, how can I help? And if you want to do that, that'll be awesome. Later on, I'm going to explain about a moment where you can decide if you want to offer to serve and, as part of this thing. This is not a place where we're going to put honey on your ears and make you feel good about everything in your life. You will probably get challenged. You might even get offended. But we purpose to always speak the truth of God in love. And if you're ready to grow and mature in Him, then this could be the place for you. We are also not a coffee shop or a mall. We would, would like to have those things in due time. And if you want to bring coffee to church for everybody, that'll be awesome. If that's your gift, that'll be wonderful. The reason that there's a coffee machine but no barista is because we are in someone else's place. <laughs> but we maybe can organize that for later. The reason I'm saying that is I've, I don't want us to lose focus of why we're really here. So that's why I'm saying that jokingly. Um, if you experience a need, see a need, if you have a vision for something, as, as my father-in-law would say, You've got the vision, you've got the job. So if you have something that you see, see a need, fill a need, you can fill out the form later, come and talk to us, and we'd love to do that. All right, without any further ado, I'd love to pray, and then we're going to worship God. Let's just close our eyes and, and focus on Him in this moment. Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your goodness, for Your grace, Your mercy. We are so grateful to be in your presence in this morning. Thank you that we can gather as your people. Thank you that you have created all of us for a time such as this. Thank you that we can just be as a family together here today. Even though we don't all know each other, we know that you are here. Your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. Your word says that we enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. And that's where we want to be today, Lord, is in your presence. So thank you in advance for inhabiting our praises and for letting us enter your courts with thanksgiving. 
We pray that you bless this time together, that you speak to our hearts. Lord, we, we want to have an encounter with you, and we want to leave changed for your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we love you, we thank you, we honor you, we worship you. There's no one like you, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you loved us first while we were still sinners. Thank you, Jesus, for humbling yourself to become human, even humbling yourself further to be the least in human eyes, and then even further humbling yourself on a cross, dying so that we don't have to. Thank you, Lord, for loving us that much. We thank you. We worship you. We praise you and we honor you. And we choose, Lord, in this moment to say we love you back. We love you back. Help us to do that and to do that well. In Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen. Guys, I can't really believe this day has come. <laughs> Thank you so much for everyone that's here today. We believe that God is doing a new thing, a special thing, in one way. And in another way, I actually just realize He's just doing what He always does. And his word stays true. It's been the same for a very long time. But I do believe that my wife and I, has, he's been speaking to us for over two years about doing this. And, but it actually starts before that. And that's what I want to share with you today. Um, the testimony of, of how we got here will be revealed <laughs> as, as I talk to you today. And as I share the story of how this started, and I've, I've been thinking about it a lot, and it, it actually, it comes from a very long time ago, longer than I even thought, and then God showed me where it really started. And um, so that's what I want to share with you today. Before I do that, I just want to do some, I think the buzz term is vision casting. <laughs> so I want to I wanna share as best I can with you guys what God has put on our hearts for what this should be and where we are trusting Him to go. So just bear with me for a moment as I read this to you because when I start speaking from the heart, sometimes I waffle a little bit. Um, so I'm going to try to... I've, I've written it down. <laughs> All right. So I've read this to you. I'm going to read it to you again. Love Key Church is a local expression of a part of the body of Christ with a focus on creating a place, opportunity, and atmosphere where people can encounter God, align with His purposes in order to reign in life, but then also to help others to do the same. We do this by unashamedly and unapologetically preaching, sharing, living out, and obeying the Bible, the written Word of God, in order that those who are lost and don't know Jesus can meet Him get born again and saved, start to walk out the journey of sanctification and become mature in Christ and help others to do the same. We gather out of a love for God and obedience to His Word to not forsake the gathering of the saints. We create space and time for an intentional connection with God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit through praise and worship and other biblical forms of worship so that people can draw near to God and have heavenly encounters that will lead them to abide more in Him, align more with His will and plans and purposes for their lives so that we can once again reign in life and help others to do the same. You can see the pattern. <laughs> we exist to love God with all we are and other people as much as ourselves and to intentionally grow in our knowledge of the Father Jesus and Holy Spirit, more and more each day, and to share that knowledge with other people. There's a famous quote by Mother Teresa where she said, if, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. 
We believe that healthy families build a healthy nation. We believe that marriage and family is God's idea, and we trust His original plan and design for it. And we believe that fatherlessness is one of the biggest crises in the world right now. It needs to be addressed one man at a time, one family at a time. We believe that's how we will see a generation changed. One of the biggest underlying causes of fatherlessness is the crisis of cultural Christianity. Too many people who think that they are Christians because they grew up in a so-called Christian home, or they just have a wrong or misguided idea of what it is. The Word of God is clear that one needs to be born again of spirit and water, and you need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead. Then you are saved. But repentance and salvation is just the beginning. We don't want to just see people get a ticket to heaven. We want you to walk out the fullness of what God has for you in this life. and Bring heaven to earth and help others to walk in it the same way. So that, that is really the best way I can summarize what God has been speaking to us about over the last while. If this vision is something you can get excited about, we'd love to invite you to be a part of it. Um, as, as I said, I don't want church to be a spectator sport. We want it to be a place where you can bring the gift that God has given you because I believe each and every one of us has a role to play in the body of Christ. The Bible says that the, the fivefold ministry is there for the equipping of the saints, which is all of us, for the work of ministry. So we need to each discover what are, what are our spiritual gifts, our natural gifts, and how can we use that to bless the body of Christ. So if you connect with what we are doing, and if God speaks to you about doing that, we would love for you to think about it, and I'm going to call it an offer to serve, to make an offer to serve. Um, and there's a form that you can fill in today, or you can connect with us as you feel led later if God is speaking to you, and then we will chat to you about what that can look like. Because my wife and I cannot and do not want to do this alone. I'm, I'm, I'm used to doing things on my own, and I can, but I, I really would rather not wear seven hats at the same time on a Sunday. Um, so we would love for you to, to get it behind this and, uh, and help us grow it to whatever God wants. I know that you may have a lot of questions about the practical side of things. Um, I have as well. Uh, I don't have all the answers. What I do know is that God has spoken, and we are stepping out. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It's not a spotlight to the future. So I know what to do today. And I'm going to do that as best I can. And I will, we are here to love you and help you see the power of God come into our lives. And if you can get behind that, this is the place for you. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the word of God? Two of you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Sumo. Did you have water gesteel, babe? Okay. Okay. Before I do this, I just want to thank Kylie and I forget who your boss is. What's her name? Or the lady you work with? Tatum. She's not here. But I want to thank Kylie and Tatum. This is their venue that they have given to us to use. Um, and abuse a little bit. We've moved stuff around. Uh, but they are graciously, they've graciously given us the space. So I just want to thank you guys so much for doing that. Let's give them a round of applause. We, we have... Um, okay. On my right hand is the If you need a loo, there are two. <laughs> that rhymes. Over to my right hand side. So just... Yeah, that's where you can go. And there's um, something practical that Jan can do. I can't All right. I toch. It's in the car. As you can see, we are not very formal. I hope you like that. Um, this is family. So, And you, you also, people have asked me about, is there going to be a children's church and a youth church and whatever? For now, I believe we should worship together, be together. I think we can sometimes underestimate how children can connect with God. And 
as someone at, at every nation would say, there's no such thing as, the Holy, as a junior Holy Spirit. So let's not underestimate or neglect what God can do in our children's lives in these sessions. So for now, we'll gather all together. We'll see what the future holds. I want to thank everybody who's helped us to set up today. Um, Sumeri, Shanae, Justine, um, so many other people. Opas, Omas, everybody helping. This is so great. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. But most of all, thank you, Jesus. And uh, let us pray. Lord, I thank you that we can gather together today in this way, that we can come and listen to your word and what you want to do. And I pray, Lord, that you will lead me to speak only your truth, that you will touch hearts and lives in this moment, that, that you will come through the noise, that you will come through distractions, that you will come through our preconceived ideas, and that you will speak right to our hearts. Lord, we know from your word that your word is a two-edged sword that cuts through soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And we ask that you do that today, that you come and change us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before I share the message, I have to ask you three important questions. Three belangrijke vraagjes vooral. Is jy Christen? Die vraag beer van is, what does that mean to you? Are you a Christian and what does that mean to you? If you say you are a Christian, then the second question is, do you believe the Bible is the word of God? And the third question is, if you believe that you're a Christian and the Bible is the word of God, will you obey what the word says? I'm starting that way because we get very firm warnings in the word of God to not just be hearers of the word, but also to be doers of the word. So it's very important that we focus on that. And a big part of my message today is actually about that. So I'm going to share the testimony of how we got to where we are today and the story behind it, but also this, how God has taken us from where we were at the time to where we are now. And it's pretty much a 10-year, 11-year journey. Um, so we we'll, should be get out of here at about 3 this afternoon. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh-huh. And my partner said, all four. All right, so the story of Love Key actually starts back in 2005 when Alette and I weren't even together and in a last session with a pastor who was discipling me and helping me through some stuff in my life, I had a last session with him and he, he told me today we're just going to ask Jesus to show you how he sees you. And God gave me a vision of my life. And at the end of the vision, there was a very clear picture of my wife. And I saw three boys and a girl. This was in 2005. Alexa and I were not together yet. I couldn't see the faces. I just knew that I will have a wife. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I will have three boys and a girl. And I just knew it. And I wrote it down. When we did get together, I shared this with Aletta, and initially she was like, that's great. I come from a family of four. I would love to have four children. We were like, yes, that's wonderful. Then, you know, things got real. <laughs> but before we had one, this is actually where the story begins. So after a while of being, you know, let's say open for business and not getting pregnant, we thought we should probably go for tests and just check it out, see if we're, you know, everything's working the way it should. So we went to a doctor, we had tests done, and we were told that we have a less than 5% chance of falling pregnant naturally, which was obviously quite a blow, because I saw this picture. And by the grace of God, and because I've had good people around me, I knew that there's a difference between medical facts and the truth of God's word. And Alette and I, we, we prayed into what God had said and not into what the doctor had said. And shortly after that, my wife was pregnant. And we were like, yes, hallelujah, God is good, God is faithful. But a few weeks in, she started bleeding. 
and we were, we were blown away and, and like surprised and didn't understand. God said, God did a miracle, and now this. And in that moment, Ma'ana sent me a verse. Psalm 112, verse 7. It says that a man of God does not fear bad news. And I read it. My flesh side wanted to get offended, as you can imagine. I want to have my pain moment. But my spirit man jumped up. And I was like, well, if, if I am a Christian, which means I died and I'm alive in Christ, I've got the mind of Christ and I'm following Jesus, then a verse like this should encourage me. If I feel afraid, then I have to ask myself, why am I feeling afraid? Because either I'm right and the Bible is wrong, or I'm wrong and the Bible is right. And we have those choices every day. So I read the whole, I went to read the whole of Psalm 112, which I know fairly well by now. It starts like this. It says, praise God. Blessed is the man who fears God and greatly delights in obeying his commands. And then it lists an amazing accolade of characteristics and legacy of this man that you read and you go, yeah, I want that. It says that his children are blessed and favored. It says that his house, house is filled with wealth and riches. It says that he's well-respected, that he's a lender, that he will be remembered forever. An incredible list of things. One of those things on the list is he will not fear bad news. That's one of the things on the list. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, I want to be like this guy. I, I want to be this guy. And, then, and I saw that, okay, if I want to be this guy, I need to fear the Lord. What does that mean? So I started on a journey of re reading up all the scriptures of, that that comes up. Guys, there are hundreds <laughs> that says we need to fear the Lord. So it's kind of important to know what this means. I probably don't have the exact theological description of that yet. But how I understand it is that it is a combination of complete awe and reverence and an, a deeper understanding of how big God is and how small I am. It is taking that feeling of thinking of the most famous person, the most influential person on earth that you would love to meet. It's taking that idea. Let's say you want to meet whoever. I almost said Donald Trump, but then I'll get in trouble. <laughs> Elon Musk, okay? Let's take, let's take Elon Musk. He's kind of safe in a way. Let's say you're like, I love this guy. I love the way he thinks. I love what he does. He's amazing. And you've read up on him. You know all these facts about him. But you've never met him. You've never walked into his house, had a meal, heard his heart. So there's a difference between knowing about him and knowing him. But imagine that moment when someone says, hey, come and meet Elon. And you can walk over. Imagine that emotion just before you connect with his eyes and shake his hand or touch his elbow nowadays. Imagine that moment. Now, multiply that feeling by like a million. And I think we get close to the fear of the Lord. Does that help? All right. So that is key number one is fear of the Lord. The next key is the big one. Obey His commandments. Not just obey His commandments. Greatly delights in obeying His commandments. Now, Bible scholars will tell you that when the Bible gives you more descriptive words than just stating the facts, you must pay attention. See, I did pick up something along the way. 
greatly delights, greatly delights in what? Obeying commandments. So I'm looking at these two keys. I'm like, fear of the Lord, obey His commandments, and get excited about them. It's like, Lord, I want these things, but I don't know. I don't know how to fear you properly, and I don't know how to get excited about your rules. And in my mind, I still had this idea that His commandments are rules to spoil my fun. Even though I'm a born-again Christian and I've walked with Him for a while, I still had this residual way of thinking that, ugh, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult to obey all those things all the time. And then the Bible tells you if you break one, you've broken them all. It's like, ah. And then Jesus came and He seemed to make it worse. He said that, he said that you know, you've heard Moses said that you shall not kill. But I'm telling you, if you hate your brother... You've committed murder in your heart. Whoa, wait a minute. Where does that come from? Jesus, the Son of God, who is the Word of God. John 1. So if He does that, He raises the bar. Why did He do that? I believe He came to, to do that, to show us that the heart of the, the, heart of the commandments is actually to live within the design that God has for us. And that it's not about trying to do it on our own strength. It's actually to show us how much we need Him. Okay? So I started struggling with this idea. I'm like, because I don't know about you, but I struggle to even stop completely at a stop street when there's no one around. I will probably roll on through. Break the rules, you know what I mean? So I'm looking at the Ten Commandments and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, how do I get excited? How do I greatly delight in obeying your commands? And I feel God remind me of one of what's actually one of my favorite scriptures, 1 John 5 verse 3. And it says the following, it says, for this is the love of God. So it can't be any clearer. Like, okay, so this is how you love God. By obeying His commandments. And it adds on, His commandments are not burdensome. Okay, so on the one hand, if I want to live the godly life that God has for me, and, and in a way you can look at Psalm 112 and align it up with what Paul says about we can reign in life in Jesus, Okay. So that for me, if I look at that life, that's reigning in life. So to get there, I need to fear God and I need to greatly delight in obeying His commandments. And then His Word says, if you love me, uh, He says, for this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. In John 14 verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Okay, now I'm reading all of this stuff and I'm like... What does this mean? And initially I thought, if I sin, it means I don't love Jesus. And then guilt and shame wanted to come in. And I, I would do this in my Christian walk. And eventually I really felt like God showed me that it's not a, you need to prove yourself that you love me by not sinning. What it actually says is that if you love me, then obedience will flow from our love relationship. Because you love me, you will align more and more and more with how I want you to be according to my original design for you. Because I, God, created you and I know what's best for you. And as soon as that light went on, I saw it in a completely different way. Why does God not want me to hate my brother? Why is it murder? Why does he see it as good as murder? It's because you write that person off. What are the two biggest commandments? Love God, love people. You're not loving someone if you hate them in your heart. Then you basically have murdered them, spiritually speaking. And the Bible actually says that 
you cannot come to the altar, you cannot come to God if you have a grudge against your brother. You won't actually connect with God. And don't, don't think why I can't. There's an issue that you need to go deal with. Another scripture that I want to share with you that, that's so powerful because it speaks of the love of God is 1 John 4. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves God, and, sorry, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. All right, can you see? There's a connection between love, relationship with our neighbors and with God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, we're launching a church today called Love Key. Why? I'm getting there. So I'm trying to set it up and explain to you. But 1 John 4 tells us what love is. It says, God is love. Okay, now listen to this. In this, so it says, God is love. And it says, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us. In other words, this is a liefde aan ons gewijs is. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. All right, why am I reading you this? Because I think in general, most of us have a wrong definition of love in our minds and in our hearts. The world has taken the word love and has applied it to so many things that we've almost lost the original meaning and definition of it. God is love. There's a new show on TV that they're looking for contestants for called Love Island. But it has nothing to do with love. That's one of the best examples. They should call it Lust Island. Or fantasy island, because that's what it is. It's about infatuation. It's not love. It's a completely selfish version of what I want to make me feel better. It's not love. Love is not a feeling. Love is a decision, a choice to lay down sacrificially day by day. Feelings will come from that choice. Feelings of infatuation, of being in love, those things will follow. But in general, that thing that you feel towards someone that you say you love, if it doesn't lead you to lay yourself down by the power of God, then you have to question what is the intent. Because it may be that you're just doing something to get something. Instead of loving unconditionally because that is the love of God it says the love of God was made manifest by giving his son what did his son do he died in our place so what is love it's dying to self that is what love really is and then it says we need to do that to our neighbors what does that mean it means we need to lay our lives down for the people around us can you see now why I started out by asking are you a Christian do you believe the Word of God and do you believe that you have to do what it says? Because this is hard stuff. This is difficult. But this is the, the journey that God has taken me on because we, we need to redefine, not redefine, we actually need to define love in God's way by getting it right in our own minds and hearts and then living it out practically day by day the way God wants us to. Amen? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to remind you of the scripture that I referred to earlier because this is where it gets real. We have to ask ourselves do I just read the word of God to get that nice feeling of, oh, that's really good. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And then I just move on and I do life as I was. Or do I really let the word of God sink into my being and change me? Romans 12 says, brethren, I beseech you 
to give your lives as a living sacrifice. Think of a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? In that time, it was an animal cut open and burnt on a fire. All right? It sounds so nice. Be a living sacrifice. Yes, thank you, Jesus. But what does it mean? It means you need to actively die to yourself every day. Jesus said that whoever tries to cling on to his life will lose it. But whoever will give it away will have life. Living sacrifice, laying it down. And then he says in Romans 12, after that, do not be conformed to this world. Many of us as Christians have allowed the world's view of the world, the general worldview, to permeate ours. But we're supposed to have a biblical worldview when we look at the news, when we hear people speak. We need to go, okay, my only filter that I have is the Word of God. So when this news comes in, when this information comes in, when people say things to me, what is the filter that I'm hearing it through? Is it the Word of God or is it my own opinions, cultural references, and perceptions based on the life I've lived up until now. How much of these things have died? A while ago, I was ministering to someone, and they were sitting with offense. And I felt God say to me, offense is a sign that a part of you has not died yet. Why would you get offended if you have died to Christ and you're completely confident in who he is. So I want to read the scripture just to confirm that we need to take these words seriously and take it to heart and ask God, how do I live this out practically day to day? When I was little and, and went to Sunday school, um, and I thank my parents for taking me to church and building a foundation in my life. Thank you guys. It was amazing. When I heard the story that Jesus told of the man who built his house on the rock and the man who built his house on sand, I thought that the simple message was, bow your liver or pieces. Build your life on Jesus. In principle, yes. But that parable actually followed Jesus saying to people, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you do not do what I say? Those who hear what I say and do it is like the man who builds his house on the rock. The winds of life came, the storms came, and the house stood still, stood strong. But those who hear what I say but do not do what I say is like the man who built his house on the sand. So the parable is not about Jesus only. It's about doing what Jesus tells us to do. And that's where it gets real. So all these things I'm, I'm working through, I'm going through as the story unfolds and by God's grace and by reading these scriptures and going through this, God was actually building our faith, building our character and helping us through such a difficult time. Eventually, Aletta did have a miscarriage and it was a really hard moment. But because of what God was doing in our lives and because of the people around us, we were able to get through that in a supernaturally fast timing, I almost want to say. And that's a whole testimony on its own that, that we will probably share at some point. But it, for now, the, the long and short of that was that we felt the Holy Spirit just be the healer and the comforter that He is in that moment. And we trusted God. We kept on trusting God. We could have gone bitter. We could have gone against God. But we just say, we will not fear. We will listen to his word and do what it says. Even though in our flesh it's very difficult. Even though our feelings were contrary to, to the word of God. Even though our circumstances seemed to be so unbelievably difficult. We knew that we knew that we need to hold on to Jesus. And he is faithful. And he is God. And he, is, he was always there. And soon after that, we got pregnant Three times in a row. And that's our three boys. And then Aleta was like, yeah, we're done. This is not going to happen again. I get amper for the operatie gegaan and alles. Inside of me, I knew that God said there will be a fourth. 
It will be a goal. So I was holding on to that. And eventually, time went by and my wife's heart started to change a little bit about the whole thing. And then we had the wonderful surprise of that little girl over there coming into our lives last year and was born this year. So I just want to tell you, God is faithful. God is faithful. His promises are true. He loves you. He wants you to have the life that He has for you to the full. But it takes a decision to say, Lord, I know that you loved me first. I want to love you back. It takes a moment. The reason that we call this love key is when I asked God, what should the ministry be called more than a year ago? He reminded me of this journey with Psalm 112, 1 John 5 verse 3, John 14, 15, all these scriptures. And then he, he showed me that the key to salvation is the revelation of how much God loves you. Your salvation is unlocked when you go, oh, look how much he loves me. Oh, my word. That just changed my life. I'm not a sinner for the I don't have to be a sinner for the rest of my life going to hell. He has done what needs to be done so that I can be free. That revelation of his love is the key. And the key to living the life that God has for us is to love him back. Because when we say, I will love you back, what will flow from our lives? Obedience to his word. It's like when you are in a, in a marriage where you really love one another. What is it? A daily laying down, right? Those of you who are in, in healthy marriages, you can probably attest to that. That there's things that I want, <laughs> but I need to lay them down on a day-to-day -day basis. And there's things that your wife will... If you're a husband and you know certain things your wife prefers, likes, doesn't like, you adjust out of love to those things. In the same way, if we love God, we will stop the things that are not who we are in Him. It is that identity that we connect with in His love. Amen? All right. There's so much more I want to say, but I'm trusting God that there are more Sundays to follow. <laughs> and then we can get into those things. <laughs> I, would, I would like us to, to now take a moment to respond to what we heard today from God's Word that you've heard from our story. I'm going to sing a song called Altar, and I would like for you to just take this moment, and whatever you, whatever you feel God is showing, maybe today, many of you I don't know, and I'm so glad that you came, but maybe you had a, a moment today where you realized, maybe I, I am a cultural Christian that hasn't actually given my life to Christ. Or maybe, you know, you saw the sign outside and just came in. <laughs> I don't know. But maybe today is the day where you say yes to Jesus and you get saved. If that's you, I want you to, to, to acknowledge that and take that step. Maybe you've walked with him for a long time, but today you realize there's so much more. And to take a, make a decision today. Maybe you're struggling with something specific, emotional, relation-wise, um, or an illness. Bring that to the altar today. But mainly, I, I want to ask all of us to, like Romans 12 says, to bring our lives to the altar and to say, Lord, yes, here I am. Send me. Okay. So let's just do that during altar. You can stand, you can sit, you can do whatever you want as we do this song. bless you guys with this, these words that are from the scriptures and uh, we hope you enjoy it and just receive the blessing of God today.
stand together I'm going to lead us in a few faith declarations if you are willing I would love for you to repeat this after me as we go out into our lives to not let it stay in a moment like this but to have it to take it into the rest of our lives every day 24-7 in our marriage in our parenting in our work just say after me, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to know Him, serve Him, glorify Him, and make Him known to others. God is in a covenant relationship with me. Through Christ, I am the seed of Abraham. God is my covenant partner in all aspects of my life. I am a child of God. I'm a friend of God. I'm a co-heir with Jesus Christ. I'm a brother and a sister of Jesus. In Christ, I am more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. I'm the head and not the tail. And I am blessed, and I am highly favored. Lord, thank you that we can be in this moment together. Thank you for all the people that came today. Thank you that today you helped us, guided us to start something new. I pray that you bless each and every one that is here. Every marriage, every family, every child. Lord, I thank you that you surround us with your angels, your wall of fire, the blood of Jesus. And we all together decide to put on the armor of God in this day. And we know that we can stand strong in the knowledge that you will never leave us nor forsake us, and that you will always hold us in your hand. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church message of the week. We trust that you found that encouraging, inspiring, hopefully challenging in a good way and that you will come back next week to listen again. We want to invite you once again, that if you are in the Helderberg area and you're looking for a spiritual home, to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 22 Durkey A Street. May God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you and your family. Bye-bye.